You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I'm super excited this week because we're going to be speaking about one of my favorite topics in the world, and that's gamification. Now, I don't know what you're like uh, listening to this, but me, I like to have fun. And to be honest, I don't think I've ever met anyone that doesn't like having fun. So if we can get gamification in our course, it's going to be a benefit for everyone involved. So I've got a guest on to speak about that. A little bit about this person. She's obviously gamification obsessed herself. She's an entrepreneur for life. And also she's going to be a future 80s cover band lead singer which is uh, quite interesting. She's the creator of Engaging Gamification for Profitable Courses and Memberships. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Tamalia Lorenzen. Tamalia, how are you? Thank you so much for such a great introduction. I love that you uh, spied on my Facebook uh, profile to get that information. It's so true. (laughs) I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No, thank you for being on. Tamalia, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one you could use for us? Yes. I actually have stolen this one from uh, my husband's world. So the mantra is anything is possible. Mm. And um, that really comes to mind because uh, he does these ultra triathlons. And so they're called Ironmans. And it's like a 2.2 mile swim, 120 mile bike ride, followed by a marathon. And he's not someone that maybe 10 years ago, you would have said, oh, I see you doing an Ironman triathlon. Ironman's brand is anything is possible. So much, it's such a strong culture that they, they have um, people who do their, finish their Ironman get tattoos that say anything is possible. And so ever since I started seeing that everywhere because of my husband, it really has stuck with me because if you don't believe that, right, if you don't believe anything is possible, then you're not going to be able to achieve those things that you truly want to do in your life. Yes. Love that on so many different levels. My, my background is fitness myself. So I okay. would see, I would see a lot of that, you know, a lot of clients, whereas and I'm not saying they're iron men, right. Or, or ultra marathon runners, but you know, even if they just, whatever it may be, had a physical transformation, they get that mm-hmm. belief. Hold on. If I can lose you know, this 20 kilos or 30 pounds or whatever it may be, what else can I do in my life? Anything's possible. So I think yeah. I love the idea and I love how you brought it to fitness as well. And I love how it's mainly a mindset thing as well, because you hit it on the head. If you go into something and you don't think you're going to be able to do it, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. You're not going to be able to do it. Uh, if you yeah. go in there with the attitude, anything is possible. Okay. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but either way, you're going to be in a way better position if you actually believe it and, and implement it. So I love that you brought that up. Um, So Tamalia, I've obviously been following you for a few weeks, maybe a month, a few months now, actually. So I know what it is you do. But if anyone's listening to this and they're like, hold on, what does this woman do? You know, you go to a barbecue and someone's a lawyer, someone's a plumber. Like, what is it you do and how do you help people? Give us the the overview there. You bet. So, um, so I'm the creator of engaging gamification and what I, why I created that kind of terminology, engaging gamification, is those two words put together are very powerful. So as course creators, you guys know that if you don't get results 
for your students, then you don't have a successful business, right? Maybe people come in and they pay and they go through your course, but if they're not happy with their results or they didn't make it all the way through, that's not going to be something that reflects poorly on them. That, that's going to come back to you in some way. And I truly believe that as course creators, it is our responsibility to do as much as we can to get people through our content and also get them results. So the engagement is the first step of that. If they aren't engaging with our content, they're not going to implement anything we're teaching. And if they don't implement, they're not going to get results, right? So that's the engaging part. The gamification part is gamification is a very powerful tool because it basically takes the mechanics and the strategies of games of all kinds. So card games, board games, video games, any kind of game. It takes those strategies and those mechanics and it, you can apply that to anything to motivate people to do something specific. So you put those two together and it's gamification for the purpose of getting people engaged in your content. Um, so that's what I teach. I have a membership where I deliver a new gamification strategy every month to course creators and membership creators. And uh, yeah, that's the fun little speech I give when I'm at barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And um, for anyone listening to this, what I recommend, go to the show notes. I'll, if you're interested in, in Tamalia's membership program, I'll put the link down below. She's also got a, um, a freebie that she gives out, which is 52 ways on or 52 different gamification strategies. I recommend everyone go through that. We'll get through as much as we can today, but I don't think we're going to get through all 52 of them. No. So so I'll put that link down in the, the show notes there. So yeah, love that Tamalia. And I look at it from um, even from a, a beginning course creator, it can be like, they may be thinking, hold on gamification. I just want to, you know, put my course together and, and sell it. What's this, this gamification side of things. But what Tamalia said, and what I agree with hundred percent is that if you just put your course out and it's boring and it's not engaging, people probably won't even finish it. And I know this, firsthand i've done so many courses that i just didn't finish and the reason i got into gamification was i did a course years ago maybe 2013 2014 it was okay um, but then i did another course from that same gentleman like two or three years later and it was a million times better not because of the content the content was was um, dissimilar but just the way it was presented it was more engaging it was funnier there were some games and as a result of that it made me actually want to do the course so I got through the course because it was engaging. Because of that, I got the results and it's a win-win-win. So I love that you've mentioned that. Uh, now, Tamalia, if someone's watching this, they're like, oh man, gamification. I've never played video games or, or anything before. Um, where do I start? You know, Do I need to get a degree in computers? Do I need to get fancy software? Do you have maybe some, uh, maybe some overarching principles that could uh, yeah. help anyone? Yeah. And before I get into those, so I do have five, the five principles of engaging gamification, but you brought up a good point, And that is that I think people, when they hear the word gamification, they think two things. They think, oh, that's very techie. And it is um, only about apps and software. And then the other thing they think is, well, my audience or even myself, I'm not a gamer or I don't like mm. games, which that's not usually true. Usually people just don't like losing games. That's why they don't like games. And <laughs> but, even just at a fun point, like who doesn't like having fun? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it, it, you don't have to be, you and your audience doesn't have to be of a certain profile. So you don't have to be gamers, so to speak, right, for this to work. Because it's more about behavioral science 
than it is about this a specific video game. Um, so, and and even if you didn't consider yourself a gamer, the most um, what it, it's I'm trying to remember the exact statistic, but it was something like the largest group of I'm using air quotes here gamers in the United States anyway is women between the ages of I believe it was 35 and 50. So, you know, that's like not probably what you would have thought of when you thought of a gamer. So my point is that you don't have to be a gamer and also you don't have to be tech savvy in order to incorporate gamification. Because if you think about board games, that's not technology besides it's a piece of paper in some, you know, um, avatars that move around. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but um, let me jump into the five principles of engaging gamification because that'll really help people understand that it's not just about throwing a game on top of what you're doing, but it's about using the principles, the strategies of games and how we, um, the strategies that games use to get us to keep playing, right? that we're going to use in our courses to get people to keep engaging in the content. So the first one is make progress visible. Mm. So the first thing that comes to mind, and it's not a bad example at all, but like a leaderboard or a progress bar or a countdown timer, those are very visible and visual elements that help people to kind of see where they are in a video, uh, a training video, or in the progress of a form that they're filling out, right? Even if you were to go set up your account at LinkedIn, you would notice there's a progress bar at the top. So that's the idea, but you can show that, of course, in many ways. One one way you could show that even on um, like a PDF handout is let's say it's five pages. So at the bottom of page one, you have a little circle that's says one over five, and maybe the circle, like a progress circle is just one fifth of the way filled in, right? And then on the second page, you do that for two out of five, and it's two fifths of the way filled in. Those little visual cues help people to be pulled through the content. So make progress visible is that first one. The second one is, yeah, Um, The second one is about micro learning. So when to relate it to games, if you were to play like, okay, so my my favorite video game of all times is Super Mario Brothers 3 on the original (laughs) Nintendo. Okay. (laughs) And when you start that game or even the original Super Mario's uh, Super Mario, they don't throw you into, um, you know, a battle with the boss right away. You're not trying to save the, the princess in the first um, in the first screen, what they do is they break that down into little pieces to train you on the skills that you need in order to get to that boss battle and might and you might actually be able to win. So in that first piece of the game, you learn how to jump and move back and forth, and that's pretty much all you can do, right? And then as you go to different screens and different levels, you learn more of the skills. Well, that's micro learning. So how we can uh, adapt that as course creators is making sure that your content doesn't cover too many topics at once Mm. or your module isn't 50 lessons long because that can be overwhelming to people, right? Um, So micro learning, delivering pieces of content in small enough pieces that they're consumable. The other reason that that's really important right now is because everybody is so mobile, right? We're hardly ever sitting in front of a, a laptop or a desktop for hours at a time consuming content. We're, you know, maybe we just got off the bike or we're on our way to the grocery store. Or you're waiting to pick up your kids. 
if your course is in small enough chunks that they could watch a video while they're waiting to pick up their kids, then it's more likely they're going to move through the content. So micro learning. Um, the third one is feedback loops. So it's really important that people feel like they are supported in your course. And if they can get answers to their questions and also get the feeling that they're on the right track with those answers, then they're again going to continue to move through the content. Um, so Facebook and all social media platforms have us like they know our brains to a T and they know if we post something and then we see a little red indicator that somebody might have liked that we're going to go look right and that's the feedback loop that's what keeps us coming back to the app which of course is beneficial for any social media platform they want us to stay on the platform but the way we can do that is making sure that there's enough channels for people to reach out to us to get an answer. And what I recommend is two to three of those. So whether it's email and Facebook lives and uh, maybe comments in your platform that people are able to get immediate feedback from you on the content that they're going through. And then the next one, number four is simplify, simplify, simplify. There's a reason I say that three times. (laughs) repetition is so important, but a lot of times we, we as course creators, we have so much information up in our heads, right? And we want to just give that to, we want to just give and give and serve the people that um, are our students, but we have to realize that they may not need all of that information and it may not benefit them to have all of that information at once. So simplifying your content again, down to one topic, one outcome, but also in the visual representation of our course. If you go into a course and you open it up and you see that it's 52 modules and and 20 lessons in each module, you're gonna immediately be overwhelmed. So maybe we don't need all of that information in one course because we don't want people to be overwhelmed by complexity. And then the final one is of course my favorite one. Uh, Jono, I think it's gonna be your favorite one as well. And that's fun and celebrations. Oh, (laughs) that's throwing more of the games and the celebrations and themes and things like that into your course so that it is fun to consume and fun can really apply to many topics. It just depends on how you apply it. Right. Um, But that's where we're talking about, like maybe you do a virtual scavenger hunt or you have a a theme week. And I know, I don't think Australia, you have this, but in the United States, we have something called homecoming. And so in the fall, you know, there's a big football game and there's a pep rally and all of that uh, spirit week. And so applying a theme like that to your course or maybe to one one module of your course uh, can be fun as well. So those are the five principles of engaging gamification. Love it. That's so good on so many different um, levels. I'll give a quick summary there, but I'll say again, if you're listening on the podcast, go and download the freebie because that's all, all written down. But yeah, you look at those five things and it, it puts together the perfect course. So like if I'm going through a, a course, I want to see my progress visible. I hate, you know, sometimes you watch videos and you don't know, there's no bar there and you don't know how long it's going to go for and how long you're going to sit there. That's my worst nightmare. But if yeah. I know I'm, I'm chugging away, even if there is 52 things, if I know, oh, sweet, I've got through five of them. Okay, it'll take me this long to get through it. It's just way more engaging. Um, the micro progressions. Yeah. I look at that. Like, I love how you use super Mario with that as well, because I, now I can see it in a course as well, where it's like, here's module one is like level one in a computer game, you know? And then maybe your, your action task at the end of that module is fighting the boss at the end of it. 
And it's just yeah. like, if you look at a course like that, it's like, okay, I've passed. Instead of it being, you know, some people are, um, may not like education. They might not have liked school growing up. They might have liked games. But if you put it like that, you're almost making the school, which they didn't like, a game, which they do like, which will make yeah, them more likely sure. to do it, which I, I love that. Um, feedback loop. So that's a big one for me as well. Like, uh, I just like to talk and interact, right? As you can probably tell. Um, <laughs> so if I don't get any feedback, I just get, I just lose all interest. It's like, is mm. anyone even knowing what I'm doing here? Like, does it even matter that if there's something, even if it's just a like, you know, I post something on a Facebook group and someone likes it. Oh, great. There's some, at least this person knows I'm yeah. here. There's, there's something there. So I love that. Um, simplify. Yes, I love that because I'm not the, the brightest cookie in the box. So someone can simplify things for me. And I'm also a huge Tony Robbins fan. And I've realized that's one of the reasons why he's so successful. He just takes these super complex things and just makes it so that any idiot off the street could understand it. And because of that, he's got millions of, I've just joined his Facebook group. He started it last week and he's got 400,000 people in there. So because he's, you know, he's been doing this a long time, but simplifying is what he does. And yeah, fun and celebrations, like who doesn't like fun? I think that's the, the best way I can put it in. In any scenario in life, pretty much, I think you, if you had a choice, okay, I can make this be more fun or I can make it be more boring. I do not know one person that would pick the more boring option. So why, you know, why don't we make them, them fun there? You will, that means you only know fun people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So w- what I would like to do, Tamalia, if you're open to this, and I think it could be a bit of fun. I've got your 52 ways open here. I was thinking yeah. maybe I could just throw some at you randomly and we just sure. spent a few minutes going there. But you just mentioned two really good ones there. I'm not even sure if they're in your, your 52, but I wouldn't mind having a chat about these two here. The first one you mentioned is a scavenger hunt, a virtual scavenger hunt. I'm mm-hmm. at least curious. Sure. What, what What is a virtual scavenger hunt and how do we do it? Okay, so this is something I do inside Facebook groups because um, Facebook groups have a couple of settings that you are you may be aware of that allow you to see what people have completed. So um, you might even be able to host, well, you could host an entire course on Facebook using the setting of social learning groups, right? So for those of you that may not know, the social learning groups allow you to set up units and lessons. So it's a perfect way of delivering. Well, so uh, the virtual scavenger hunt is basically posting one unit, that's the scavenger hunt, And then inside that unit, several posts, say somewhere between seven and 12, asking your Facebook members to quote unquote, find something, right? So that's the scavenger hunt part of it. And it could be anything. So for example, I recently did a 12 days of Christmas scavenger hunt. And I used the theme of the 12 days of Christmas song to ask them to share something about their holiday experience. So um, for example, the first uh, the first clue I think was something like um, there may be a there may be a a bird in a fruit tree, um, but what's your favorite holiday? Um, gosh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something very clever. I promise. Anyway, it was asking them something about you know share something about their holiday. Anyway, so they share that they can share a picture, they can share a comment, and then they click done on that lesson. I forgot to mention I have three Pomeranians in the house as well, in case you hear those. Um, but 
so then what you can do is you can go to um, your insights on your Facebook group after that whole scavenger hunt is done. And for anybody that clicked done on those lessons, you can download who completed the lessons. And then that way you can pick your winners. So you can decide if you're going to pick a winner um, out of everybody who completed every scavenger hunt item, or if you're going to celebrate everyone who participated at all. And it's, it's a, like an Excel mm -hmm. spreadsheet that you can sort. So that's a virtual scavenger hunt in, you know, 30 seconds. <laughs> yes. No, love it. Um, the other thing you mentioned was, was homecoming. We don't have mm. that in Australia. So yeah. maybe even give just a, a, a minute overview of what, uh, what a what homecoming is in general and then sure. how we can how I sort of roughly know what it is but a lot of the listeners may not so if you want to give us yeah. an overview of what homecoming is and then how do we implement that in our, our Facebook groups or in our course our membership to our summits let's take a quick break when it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. You bet. So um, homecoming in the United States is, is high school football and um, college has it as well. Um, but it's the like a rival football game. Uh, it's in the fall and there are a lot of activities associated with it. So it's like the big game. And um, around that is a pep rally. So that's the cheerleaders and the you know, the, the dancers perform and they, they kind of parade out all the football players. They pick a homecoming King and queen, mm. you know, so it's a lot, yeah, of, uh, a lot of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Watch an American movie um, about high school and you'll see homecoming. Um, and there's a dance. And the thing that made me um, create an event, uh, a gamification event around homecoming is because it's a week of activities. And one of the things uh, within that week is spirit week. And so every day you might get a prompt to dress, you know, so today in school, this I'm still talking about being in high school, you would dress, um, you know, like wear pajamas day. And then the next day would be like crazy hair day, that okay. kind of thing. And that's called so spirit like, week? Yes. And so okay. it's a different theme. So what I did is I used it for as part of my onboarding process for my membership. So when I brought on new members, I had a homecoming themed week and we did a spirit week, but it was posts in the Facebook group, like mm. um, in high school, were you the nerd or the jock or, you know, That's what, awesome. what were you? Yeah. And just yep. what, what that did is that got people to share about themselves. Also the nostalgia um, really mm. helps with an emotional connection. So they got That's to the know best. each other in I got to know them too. Yes. Okay. And let me just get my head around that. So um, is this as, so let's say, for example, now I'm thinking an open membership, right? Where people can mm -hmm. join at any time. Yeah. Is it like when I join my first seven action, my first yeah seven action tasks, uh, hey, day one, post this in the group, day two, post this, day three, post this. Or is it like you just pick whatever the first week of every month for example right. and you're like yes. right you do it that way there okay 
Yeah. And the reason I would do it that way is I would still have my onboarding activities, you know, like your typical stuff, like join the Facebook group, introduce yourself, all that fun stuff. But every once in a while, depending on how often you have new members join, I would do like that homecoming week because it's powerful to do it in groups of people um, all at the same time, as opposed to somebody feeling like they're coming in by themselves and kind of like going through those activities alone. Yes. No. Love that. Awesome. All right. Cool. Let me get out your 52 ways and let me pick some random ones okay. also. So um, we've also got some people listening in live as well. If And I've got the link in the chat. If anyone watching live has any of the, it has one of those 52 things that you specifically want Tamalia to run through, let me know now. Type it in the chat and we'll go through that one specifically. But I'm going to- like a pop quiz. I love yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. We're gamifying <laughs> this podcast, right? Yes, exactly. All right. Well, I'm just going to start easy and I'm just going to start at number one, which is points for swag. So I'll I'll read it out. So it says points for swag, provide points for each month of membership. Members can use points to buy swag from your online store. Members love branded gear like t-shirts, mugs, and notebooks. Let us know about uh, the points for swags. What's the best way or a couple of different ways we can do that, Tamalia? So if you were to do a Google search um, for like something along those lines, you would find apps and plugins that would allow you to track that. But again, the things that I teach, I like to make sure everybody knows that those can be done uh, without um, additional software, additional costs as far as administrating it. So what you would do is basically just keep a, a record of how many months someone has been a member and you assign a certain number of points. So I'll say like mm. 10 points every month. And then when they get to a hundred points, they get to pick out a prize. And so maybe it's like a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or something like that. And that encourages people. So we're talking about a membership here to stay, right? It gives them something to kind of look forward to. Mm. Um, somebody who, or a, a company that does that really well is um, along the same lines as Kajabi. So if you use Kajabi as your platform for your course or your membership, they have like different levels. I think it's a 1K level. So once you make a thousand dollars through Kajabi, you get, um, so this isn't their lanyard. This is actually my lanyard, but you would get a lanyard and then 1K, they give you a pin for 10K, they give you a pin, et cetera. And you're, Um, there's a Kajabi hero, right? I saw someone post that. I'm now a Kajabi hero. I'm like, what the hell is that? I want to be that, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I, I used to work for Starbucks and they would, we all had lanyards and we have like our, our ID card on it. And of course all the Sharpie markers that we had to mark the cups with, but um, we also were able to collect pins for doing, you know, outstanding things and being nominated for different awards. So that's kind of uh, where the idea comes from. Love that. And even, even for some other listeners that are into click funnels, they do their mm. two comma club as well which yeah, is, a, you yeah. know, and you, you see it's like a, a badge of honor, you know, like if you're close to hitting that, you need to get that, that two comma club so you can take the photo with Russell Brunson and do all that. You're not yes. leaving from ClickFunnels to Kajabi if you're close to that because <laughs> you want that, that thing there. And I'll, I'll yes. even tell a, a little story. I heard this um, in Australia, actually. There's a, a popular Australian football team and, you know, you can become a member of the football team and you get, you know, um, season tickets and all that sort of stuff. And some bonuses as well. And one of the things you get is you get like, I think it was a, it's a jersey, right? You know what a jersey is, right? You, you use that word in America? Yeah, jersey. And your number on the jersey is the number um, where you signed up. So if you've been there the longest, if you've been a member the longest, you're number one 
If you've been there the second longest, you're number two, right? And this is a passionate football team, right? The, 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 like they, they would pay anything to get number one on their jersey, but you can't pay to get in there. The only way is if you have been the longest, longest serving member there and it's also continuous. So if you're number one and you don't renew your membership for one year, guess what? When you come back, you're number 5,251. And there's something, there's a status behind it. You know, like if you're passionate about something, there's a, if you can, especially if you get to like number one, if you're the best at something, even if it's just paying someone money for the longest, it's still like, hey, I've been here the longest, I'm the most experienced. And there's also yeah. the, the progression as well. So I yeah. love how you've done that. Now, we've got a few questions here from Julia. Yeah. So, all right. Any of your strategies, Kamalia? Is there a particular one that is best for growing a Facebook group? Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Um, well, so uh, the, the virtual scavenger hunt, I really like that one for growing a Facebook group. And here's why, because um, it, it, boost your engagement in yeah. your group. Um, and then that's that, of course, we don't all, none of us know for sure what that algorithm is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you, if people within your group start to see your posts more often, because there's more comments on the, on the ones in your virtual scavenger hunt, you're going to get that message out. Right. And so it may not be about growing the size of your group, but mm. it's about growing the interaction of the people you already have in your group to see the message that you want them to see, such as my course is now available. Right. So if you're looking to get more eyeballs on what you've got inside your Facebook group, that's the one I would really focus on. Yes. And I'll, I'll piggyback off that as well. So when I used to be in the fitness game, a, a challenge I would use in my, um, in my free Facebook group was the, the seven day no sugar challenge, which is a similar mm. idea to the, the scavenger hunt where basically it's like, hey, track how much grams of sugar you have each day and then comment it below in, in this thing here. And yeah. it, was just, it was just off the one thread, actually. So it was one thread and you would write Monday, you would write your name and then you'd reply to your name, Monday, 10 grams, Tuesday, 20 grams, yada, yada, yada. So because of that, it was just this crazy engaged thread that was always yeah. coming up the front and people are always commenting and always liking and, and every day. And because, and I would always see growth in the Facebook group and then growth in the, growth in the Facebook group because people would see it, but then also growth in like my other posts. Because really, and this yeah. is the way I look at engagement in general. Like, if you make a post in your Facebook group and you get a hundred likes, it doesn't really mean anything, unless you your next post is a sale, because those hundred yeah. people that like that are going to be more likely to see the next one there. So that's yeah, that's why I like that strategy there. Well, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. glad you brought up. I'm glad you brought up the challenge too, because that's gamification in itself, and that actually mm. is a really great idea for growing a Facebook group. Is right, you bring people into a Facebook group to participate in that challenge. And then you can use some of these ideas to gamify that challenge as well. So I'm glad you brought that up. And it's, it's almost even with that scavenger hunt, it could be a good way 
to get people. And instead of just saying, hey, join my group, someone's like, hey, Julia, I'm in a million groups of the same thing. I'm not joining it. You can be like, hey, join my group. I've got, or not even join my group. I'm doing a scavenger hunt this week where here are all these prizes and cool things. Do you want to do it? Oh, by the way, to do it, you got to join my group. So it's almost wow. like a, a lead magnet without just bugging someone to join your group, you know? Yeah. So that yeah. there. Excellent. It, there's a couple other questions here, Tamalia. Uh, do you have an example of a course map or could you explain that one? What's a course map? So this is what I would do. Um, I would picture any uh, childhood board game that you played, like Shoots and Ladders. I think maybe it's called Snakes, Snakes and Ladders. And, yeah. Is it called Shoots and Ladders in America? Well, okay. That's a question that's up for debate because I had that question with other people from America and I think it depends on what area of the country you live in. I've never heard the air. We say snakes and ladders. It's a big snake on the board. (laughs) Well, maybe I played some off-brand version that was shoots and ladders, Um, but, or Candyland, right? And that's basically what it is. Or any, I, again, I like to use the Super Mario Brothers three um, because each world had a map and you would go to the different little houses um, on that map. Monopoly. I think everyone will know Monopoly and that's what I'm picturing there. Perfect. Yeah. And you basically just visually plot out the different modules and lessons within your course. And then you, would you show it like in the introduction, you could say, Hey, here's the map of Monopoly or whatever. And then, but the different um, streets are your modules. So on this side of the board, it's module one. Here it's module yes. two. Is that how that would work? Yes. And you can provide it like in a PDF. You can yeah. make sure you use that visual throughout. So people, you can even ask, ask people to share a, a screenshot or a, a photo of their game board and where they're at on the game board. Or mm-hmm. if you have a little bit of a budget, you can send them a nice, you know, a PDF shine or shiny version of a board game to you know, send that out uh, to their house once they join the, your course and they can literally plot it out. And it's a fun little thing to get um, in the mail as well. Yeah, and, and the other reason I think that can be cool as well is it adds a bit of personality. Like mm-hmm. if you are a Monopoly person, like you'll probably, your ideal audience are probably gonna be similar to you anyway, right? They're probably sure. gonna be Monopoly people as well. And they'll look at it, oh, Monopoly, yeah. I love Monopoly. Yeah, I can uh, engage with this or, Oh, this is just like a Monopoly game. So yeah, I think that's cool. A uh, couple more questions, then we'll, we might get to some some closing sort of questions. If anyone sure. else watching live has a question, ask it now, or you're gone. Um, so <laughs> Russ has said the team challenge, getting community involvement and support each other. Any tips on that, Tamalia? Yeah, um, I saw one of my members did a really cool thing. Uh, so he is an artist and teaches drawing, and he did. Um, I'm my understanding is that it's typical in the the art artist world that they do inktober so it's 31 days of drawing every single day or doing whatever your art is every single day so he took inktober and he made it into a team challenge Mm. so he basically said and this was all within his facebook group everybody who wants to participate you know put your name here in this post And then he divided those people up and assigned them to teams and Mm. said, okay, team A and tagged everybody, team B and tagged everybody. And then that group was responsible for making sure that each person in that group did their drawing every single day. Mm. And then, so for each group that completed the drawing as a team, so that's great, you know, community building and encouraging each other. 
got so many points and who, whatever team had the most points by the end of the 31 days won some type of um, prize. I think he was giving away um, an easel or something, um, something like that. Love it. I can give some insight on the fitness space as well. Um, so we were in lockdown in Australia, maybe, maybe probably about a year ago now, almost or pretty, pretty close to. Um, yeah. And most of my students are, are fitness professionals. And there was a, the rule at the time was you couldn't train indoors, but you could mm. go for a run outdoors on your own. Right. Mm. One of my students is a, a boot camp instructor and she, it's all about boot camps, all about camaraderie working together. Like no one that likes training in that environment wants to go for a walk on their own. Right. But what she did is she put everyone in teams, you know, hey, you're all in teams of, I don't know, let's say 10, for example, right? Um, it, and we're going to do a relay race. So, you know, at 9 a.m., or you, I think you could do it at any time, whatever it may be, but you were in a team. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to go out and go for a walk on my own. It was, and you had, yeah. you know, you could, you, I think it was as much as you could in an hour. I think you were only allowed out for an hour yeah, at, that, at that stage, right? So it was like, all right, everyone in your group, you can only go outside for one hour. Hey, do as many kilometers or as many miles as you can in that one hour. Write your score down here and let's see which team can win today. So that's a, another way that it can be done there. Um, virtual summits, Tamalia. Can we include gamification in virtual summits at all? And if so, any tips? Yeah, um, I actually have a friend who's doing, um, she's doing partially in-person and partially virtual. And she did... Um, the idea of kind of like a, a fill in the blank or a bingo card for her particular group where each, there were a couple different speakers, not every single one, but a couple different speakers that had like a phrase that they were going to share with the group, but you didn't know which speaker was going to share it. So that encouraged everybody to listen to everybody's mm. presentation. And then this phrase ended up being, so she's in the, um, in the Christian space. So it ended up being a Bible verse. Mm. And so anyone who was able to listen to all of the speakers ended up getting this beautiful Bible verse as their, you know, um, as their answer to this. And I want to call it a scavenger hunt. So it was more like a fill in the blank worksheet, which can work just as well to yeah. make sure that people are um, participating right? Engaging in the content, listening, and then it's kind of a reward to help them pull them through that content as well. Yeah. And I've seen that one work amazing face-to-face -face as well. There was a big yeah. um, property guy over here in Australia and he used to run seminars Saturday and Sunday from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. They're long days, right? And there was, it was multi-speaker sort of things, you know, and he used that strategy. He's like, hey, sometime in, in each presenter's presentation, they're going to give out a word, right? A specific word. You need to write that word down. They may do it a minute before they start. So if you're late, you're gone, right? They may do yeah. it halfway in the middle. So if you just come in, you can't just come in and write the word and then see you later by. So every single yeah. speaker had that one word there. And then every you went in the drawer or whatever it may be to, to win a prize there. And that kept me engaged. I went to every session because the prize was like, was it a decent prize? I was like, yeah. man, even if I don't learn anything, I'm just going to go to every single session to, to win this. Pro I'm not saying that's the right attitude, but, you know, it's going to sure. get people in the door. And then ideally, yeah. I am going to learn something. If I'm sitting through eight to late Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to learn something. And then it's going to be a win for me. It's going to be a win for the, the presenter. It's a win all around. So I, I love that there. Um, Tamalia, there's just a few questions I always like to finish up with. Now, sure. the first one is around mentors. 
Now, you're obviously a mentor for plenty of course creators, membership type people out there that want to make their um, their programs more engaging, more fun, more gamified. I'm curious to hear who your mentors have been. And if you can answer this in a few different ways, if you could give us a, um, a paid mentor, so someone that you've actually paid money to do their program or their coaching program, uh, someone that you haven't paid money to, but you follow them on social media or you meet up with them face-to-face, whatever, and then a book that you recommend every course creator should read. What can you yeah. tell us there, Tamalia? Okay, if I can remember that list. So it was <laughs> Start uh, with paid, paid, Yep. not paid, and then mm. a book. Yep. Okay. Um, so uh, as far as gamification, um, I wouldn't say I've paid anybody to learn that. that there's a lot of stuff I learned. So um, my background is in corporate training and also I teach at the university. Okay. So I, I was a really bad trainer when I first started because I was in my 20s. I don't even know why they gave me the job. I was not qualified in any way. And I ended up teaching to these rooms of blank stairs. And that is awful. Mm-hmm. That is an awful place to be. And I ended up getting fired from my first training job. So that kind of like set me on a path over several years to learn how to be a better trainer. And so um, instructional design, gamification, presentation skills, all of these things came into play. So as far as paying someone to help me with gamification, I would say I paid in blood, sweat and tears just in my experience. But as far as internet marketing, the person that I go to is Julie Stoyan from Digital. Yeah, yeah, She, uh, she is a mentor of mine, somebody that I pay to um, give me feedback and advice from the internet marketing perspective so I can grow my business. Funnel Gorgeous? Um, Is that she Funnel Gorgeous? Yep. That's one of her companies. And she has a a mastermind group called the Digital Insiders. And that I was um, grateful enough to join recently to to really get some great feedback. Um, She's got a big free Facebook group as well. I'm a member of her, her free Facebook. I can't remember the name, Living the Laptop lifestyle or, or something yeah. like that. And I think the marketer's heart is another one of her groups. And that really okay. um, strikes the chord because it's, it's kind of like, how do you do internet marketing in a way that you can feel good about it and you feel good about what you're giving and selling to your, to your clients. Um, let's see free. Uh, that's a tough. Oh, um, well, it's going to be the same as my book. So this um Gabe, you're not going to be able to see it, but Gabe Zekerman, he is a gamification um, wizard. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to call um, him. Let me Amazon this guy right now. What's his yeah. name? Gabe Zekerman. Okay. So it's Z I C H E R M A N. And I've watched every YouTube video, I've read every book that he has. Um, he, he really helped me to understand what it was I was seeing in the training world and putting like a structure around it, putting the structure of gamification around it. So that is somebody that I would consume. If you're, if you're fascinated with gamification, I would consume everything he has. Uh, And then I'm on his uh, Amazon now, Timalia, if you could pick one of it, because it looks like he's got about two or three books based on a similar thing. To answer your final question, the gamification revolution is the book that I would recommend um, it really goes into the, the strategy of gamification, why it works. It gives some great examples um, in even in gamification of marketing, gamification of training, gamification of employee performance. 
Um, it's a great book. Awesome. Got it on my, my wish list there. Awesome. All right. So if someone's listening to this, Tamalia, and they're like, all right, this woman is cool. I want to follow her. I want to join her program. Uh, what do we do? Is, is the lead magnet the best start? Is, do we just jump in and join your membership program? Do we connect with you on social? What's, what's the best thing? So you can do two different things. The membership's not open at this point. It opens up every two or three months, but you can certainly grab that freebie. The engaginggamification.com slash 52 will get you there. And you can also join my free Facebook group. If you just go to Facebook and search engaging gamification, you'll find it. Awesome. I'm going to, I don't think I'm in that group, but I'm going to join it right now. Engaging gamification, the community. Is that you? Yes, that's it. Awesome. Okay. Requested. Awesome. Well, hey, Tamalia, that's pretty much all I wanted to uh, ask you today. Is there anything that I should have asked you but forgot to, or is there anything you want to finish us off with? Um, I think you should have asked to meet my three Pomeranians. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, no, I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.